0: Welcome to another message from LifePoint Church, located at 400 South Abilene in Valley Center, Kansas. For more information on LifePoint Church, go to our website at lpcag.org. It is our prayer to invest in generations to influence community. And now with today's message, here's Pastor Steve Raines. Let's get to the Word of God amen and uh if you have your bibles we're going to be all over the place within scripture kind of in a in between uh point as we just walked uh wrapped up our series from the beatitudes and then we start our christmas series next week let me ask you a question this morning as we get rolling um what do you want to be known for when you Maybe this week as you've gathered with friends and family and you um, were together and, and you talked about memories or, or you know, maybe you're getting together with family and friends today because you haven't had that opportunity. What do you, and you look into your future and you look at the, what the world will be like one day when you're not here. What, what do you want to be known for? You could ask it this way too as just kind of building the, the, the foundation of today's um, message. What are you good at? eating i'm good at eating obviously right Uh, coming off of thanksgiving maybe that's your but what are you good at and and what what could you pass on how can you live beyond your allotted time um here on this big blue planet we call earth you know, as I've been thinking about that the last couple of weeks, I'm challenged by the words of Robert Morris in his book, The Blessed Life. Morris says this God doesn't want you to catch the vision of getting, He wants you to catch the vision of giving. The word giving goes way beyond our money, although it inc- obviously includes our money because that's part of our everyday life, right? But it goes beyond that. It goes to your time and your talents and your treasures. And, and giving is about generosity, and generosity connects us to uh, where we're at in life in so many different ways. And as we learned in the Beatitude series, looking at each one of those Beatitude series, and knowing that the first one and the last one, Jesus gives the destination that he desires for your life. That your destination would be the kingdom of God. It would be his presence. It would be with him in all of his splendor. The first beatitude and the last beatitude end with this statement For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Do you know what that means? It means that God has a destination for your life, He has a plan for your life. You're not stuck, you're not trapped. You aren't at your final destination. Give your neighbor a high five with that one, right? I mean, the reality is, is this is a spiritual journey and spiritual realities are the greatest realities because you weren't built for just today. You were built forever and God gives you power through the Holy Spirit to to, to get you free from things that have controlled you, maybe things that were spoken over you or have defined you in the past, but that he also gives us power through the Holy Spirit to be his witnesses and to help make heaven more crowded. And those opening questions this morning bring us to this thought, and it's really the foundation of where we're going. The ultimate purpose of my life, of your life, is to make a difference. It isn't just to work and pay bills. Aren't you glad? It isn't just to pick up the house every 10 minutes, depending on the age of your kids or how messy your company is. It's to make a difference in this world. And here's the challenge and the problem. If left, if left to ourselves, the gravitational pull of all of our lives is to selfishness. We drift. It's within the fallen nature of all of us, it reminds us of our need for a savior, that every time you get uh, selfish, every time I get selfish, it should remind me, "Oh man, I, I need." Je-. that's just a reminder of how much I need Jesus." I like what uh, Levi Lusco said in, in his book, "The Last Supper on the Moon." We never drift in a positive direction. You don't doze off while heading to work and accidentally find yourself in the company parking lot. You end up in a ditch or an ambulance or worse. Drifting doesn't take you to where you want to go. It takes you away from it. Isn't that true? Selfishness is all about survival mode. God is calling you and I to live in significance mode. And generosity is a part of that, and we drift. When we drift, we're not living our best life. And so today we're going uh, as, before we step into the Christmas series next week, I want to pause and I want to remind us, you aren't alive just to exist. You are alive to make a difference. You can call it legacy. If you want to call it that, legacy is what people remember once you're gone. Legacy is about uh, what they talk about at your funeral. Legacy is is about, you know, when you're 80 years old and the family's gathered around and you don't have to cook turkey dinner anymore, they talk about your stuffing versus the new stuffing. Or whatever the scenario may be, right? It's all about how you want to be remembered. I mean, I was thinking about this this week as I just thought about all the different funeral services that I've done over uh over three decades of of ministry and and just sitting with families sitting with people that knew the individual that had passed away and and hearing stories of of how they impacted their their family and and the marks that they left on their family and 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 the just the legacy that they left in a powerful way and then I've sat. At tables with family and I began to probe and ask questions about their loved one and it's not that they didn't have a good relationship it wasn't that the family was bad or anything like that or the individual was bad but you begin to ask questions about the the mark that they left on family members and it gets really quiet and not much is said you know that's that's awkward Psalms 112, verse 5 and 6 says this. Good will come to him who is generous and lends freely. They will be remembered forever. Look at verse 5. Good will come to him who is generous and lends freely. God says you get into this place, into uh, the, the place of, uh, of, of, a, of living generously. You get there. And I'm going to meet you there, and it will, be, it will be good. It's a lifestyle of legacy, and I want to submit to you that legacy isn't just what people remember about you, it's what God remembers about you. And, and that's pretty weighty, that statement, but why do you say that, Steve? Steve? Because there's a day that you and I, and we, we mentioned this in our Beatitudes series, but there's a day where you and I are going to meet God face to face. Hebrews chapter 10 verse, or chapter ten, or 6, verse 10 says this, God is not unjust. He will not forget your work and the love that you have shown Him as you have helped His people and continue to help them. There will be a day when you and I, as a follower of Jesus, will stand before God. Actually, all of us will stand before God. If you're a follower of Christ, that's nothing to be worried about. Um, if you're ready for it and living a life that demonstrates, man, I'm a follower of Christ and there's, there's nothing to worry about, Paul speaks about this. He's dealing with a couple people that are fighting and upset with one another. In Romans chapter 14, Paul says this in verse 10, Why do you pass judgment on your brother? Or you, why do you despise your brother? For we will all stand before the judgment seat of God. For it is written, as I live, says the Lord, every knee shall bow to me and every tongue conf- shall confess to God. So then each of us will give an account of himself to God. Paul is reminding them, eternity is coming. There's, there's a countdown clock, right? Right? And he's saying, hey, watch your focus. Don't drift. Don't be heavy-footed to this life. He's saying there is more to this life than this life, right? So let's be honest. Most of us, most of our conversations are about this life, right? I mean, right? That's just, I mean, let's just be honest in church. Most of our conversations are about life. Um it's today it's about today and our plans for the day hey what time are you leaving to to head back to school today what time do you have to be at work tomorrow what time um, uh, when are you going to finally take out the trash today you know it's about today Um, it's about the weather talked with some folks earlier today about the weather the snow's coming it's it's a day closer glory hallelujah or it's about your team playing or whatever this this life is such a vapor and you would think that we would be better at talking about things to come knowing how quick this life is but it's easy to drift it's easy to get focused on the here and now and 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 I'm not knocking us for that. That's just a reality, right? I mean, where we live here in this, in this state right now. So it's not necessarily a bad thing, but I think there's a term that describes um, this. It's a, it's a slang term that uh, was made popular about oh, six, seven years ago, and uh, a, a rapper by the name of Drake. Made this statement in some of his songs. It would be the modern, it was a modern, it would be a modern slang to the word carpe diem. Carpe diem means what? Seize the day, right? And Drake's uh, reference to this word, the word is YOLO. Ever, anyone ever heard YOLO? Some of you are like, I'm not raising my hand to that. But YOLO means simply this you only live once. YOLO. Like look at your neighbor and say YOLO, right? YOLO was and is used to explain really irresponsible behavior. Go ahead and do it. You only live once. Um, You only live once, so just do it. And I mean, how many that can be terrible advice? It is also untrue advice. Because, really, you don't YOLO, you YOLT. You only live twice. When you die, you step into eternal life. Hebrews chapter 9, verse 27 says it this way, and just as it's appointed for men to die, once after that comes judgment. So I want to prepare you. My, my goal this morning is I want to prepare you for that moment. The first few years in college, especially my first year, but it, it, it lingered on into my second year of college as well. But man, my, my first year, man, I struggled with tests. And uh, I would study for hours for, for tests in, in college. Every It didn't matter if it was psychology or sociology. or man, I would study and study and study. And I, I, I didn't skip classes. I, I figured, man, I'm paying for this stupid class. I'm going to this class. And, uh, and I, I did all the reading, I would study, I was a diligent student, but man, when it came time to go in and take the test, I would bomb the test. And um, I would go and talk to my professor, what do I need to do, and da-da-da-da-da, and they would give me some coaching tips, and, and um, it just, it wasn't getting better. I would just crash and burn on them. And uh, my, I was surviving, but my GPA was not like Scholar. I can remember at one point at University of Wyoming, I pretty much lost confidence in this, the, uh, getting a worthwhile grade in this class, and it was the final, and I was celebrating that it was the final. How many know what I'm talking about, right? And, and it was like, okay, th- I've done my best. I've tried hard through this class. My grade's not good. I had a low C or maybe a high D at that point, and it wasn't because I wasn't trying. And I went to the final and somewhat relieved that it was the final but also somewhat dreading going, I could go home and have to tell my mom, hey, I flunked out of my first year of college. Aren't you proud of me? Right. And so I remember walking into the class It was sociology it was a huge, you know, hundreds of students in that class. And I sat down and, you know, half trying to raise a hallelujah. Right. Half. Let's just get this over with. And um, I sat down and this guy walked in and he sat next to me. He was a football player for the University of Wyoming. And he never talked to me before, but suddenly I was his friend. He's like, hey, how's it going? I'm just trying to get through this. Oh, hey, um, do you mind? You want to help me out? And I laughed. And, uh, and um, I was like, at your own risk, man. I'm not responsible for you. And, and obviously, I, I think I just kind of brushed him off. But then the professor brought out the test and I mean it was like the big family bible being slammed down on the coffee table it was big old stack and I noticed it went yellow paper packet green packet yellow packet green packet I looked to the guy next to me I said you can copy off of me all you want man you're in trouble because, uh, you know, the professor, and I can't remember what I got on the test, but man, all through college, I just, my first couple years of college, I just struggled. I think, though, when I, I stepped in, uh, got married, and, and that made me a lot smarter. Because when, when uh, Rob and I went back to school, man, I did really well and was like A, B student. And I'm like, look at that. Look, man, that's amazing. And, um, but I survived, I've survived school. My professor helped me a bit, and my goal today is I want to do the same for you today. I'm going to tell you and help you to get ready for that test because it is Yol. You only live twice. So let me just give you a quick theology lesson. Um, You won't stand before God once, but twice if you're a follower of Jesus. And there will be a question attached uh, for the first time. And the question is this. What did you do with my son Jesus? Every person across the face of 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 the earth throughout time will be asked that question. What did you do with Jesus? In theology, we call it the great white throne judgment. You see it in Revelations, Revelations chapter 20, verse 11, and I'm going to be short on this. And then I saw a great white throne and him who was seated on it. And from his presence, earth and sky fled away and no place was found for them. And I saw the dead, great and small, standing before the throne. That means everybody. And the books were opened. And another book was opened, which is the book of life. That is the book your name is written in when you've become a follower of Jesus Christ, the Lamb's book of life, right? And the dead were judged by what was written in the books according to what they had done. So those who know God, their life isn't judged by what they did. What they did is forgiven, if you're a follower of Christ. You get to decide. Here's the reality. That's his bottom line. Here's the reality. You get to decide will it be by the book, the Lamb's book of life, or will it be by the books? Your life will and I could put it this way if it's by the books, your life is based on your judgment is based on by what you did. It's your works versus the book which would be what Jesus did there's a let me just there's a huge difference with you standing before God based on what Jesus did and my hope is in that or what I did and my hope is in that because Jesus said these words it is finished Three days later, he, he rose, as Scripture records for us, as history testifies for us, that he rose three days later, conquering death, hell, and the grave, providing eternal life. You can put your hope there, or in the books, which would be your works, which you don't know when you're, if it's ever good enough, if you ever measure up. So my advice to you, my counsel to you, is it's your choice, choose wisely. So how do you get your name in the book? It doesn't have to do with church attendance. so church attendance is is extremely important and, and it's something if you're a follower of Jesus, it's be something you should do. It, it's not if you know the words of the songs. it's not if uh, if you uh, who your pastor is. it's not um, if you have a Christian t-shirt, it doesn't have. Uh, it doesn't deal with how much money you gave or didn't give. The only thing that gets you in the book is a relationship with Jesus Christ. I mean, Matthew chapter 7, verse 21, some of the scariest verses uh, in the Bible for me Jesus said these words, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. On that day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and cast out demons in your name and do many mighty works in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. That word knew is all about relationship in the original language. In other words, I wasn't looking for what you did. I was looking for relationship with you. The right answer to question number one. I knew him personally. He was my Lord and Savior. Question two only happens if you get question one right. If you don't get question one right, you don't get the second question, and that's bad news. Yeah, like, all right. One question? No, that's not good news. The first one determines your eternal existence, heaven or hell. Jesus wants you to be with him. That's what the Beatitudes were all about. The motivation to be generous flows from this question. You and I are going to stand before God. It's called the second judgment. And the second question is this. What did you do with what I gave you? And and this isn't just about our money. Again, though it would be a part of it. This is about everything that makes you you. It's about what causes you to leave a legacy. It's about your time, it's about your words, it's about your actions, it's about your talents, your ability, your stuff. We are supposed to take what we have and use it for eternal purposes. Right? So the test is coming, and and here's the question. If I could just put it in our modern day vernacular, what did you do with your stuff? What stuff? Your time, your treasures, your talents, um, your abilities. What did you do with that? Theologically speaking, it's called the judgment seat of Christ. It's a Christian-only judgment, and, and obviously, you're in heaven, so it's glorious. I mean, you're like, "This is going to be awesome." Don't let the word "judgment" put a negative connotation in your mind, right? Second Corinthians chapter five verse 10. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, so that each one may receive what is due for what he has done in the body. That's while your your time here on earth, whether good or evil. Matthew sixteen, twenty seven, Jesus said this for the Son of Man is coming or going to come with his angels in glory, in the glory of his Father, and then he will repay each person according to what he has done. God is going God is going to pay you back. Think about that. I mean, salvation is a free gift, right? God doesn't owe you anything. We owe him everything. <laughs> um, God is so good, and, and I was, I've been thinking about this all week long, and I, I see some of the looks in your eyes right now. You're like, I've been doing it all week long. God is so good. This is hard for us to wrap our mind around. How good is our God? God is ready to take our life and use it for his glory and then bless it. Check out one of the last verses of the Bible. Revelation chapter 22, verse 12. Behold, I'm coming soon. My reward is with me. And I will give to everyone according to what he has done. Why can't he do that? Well, he can do that because of verse 13. I'm the alpha and the omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. He, he knows what to do and he'll do it right. What, what is the right answer to the second question? I u- the right answer is this, I used what you gave me to make an eternal difference. You know what a return on investment is, right? An ROI. ROI. It's, you made $100 um, on a $10 investment. So 90% ROI. I mean, that's like, that's awesome when that happens. Um, I was, I don't know, I heard something at the gym a couple weeks ago. They were talking about Beanie Babies, right? I mean, do any of you have Beanie Babies still? I'm a collector, you know? I have a necklace, whatever, just kidding but but they're talking about being the 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 radio DJs were talking about this and um the 1996 bubbles it's a it's a fish a black and black and yellow fish bubbles i don't know what you could have bought bubbles for maybe 6 bucks but bubbles has sold for 129,000 dollars now Someone was just, we won't say what they were to spend that much money on bubbles, but how many know that's, that's, a, that's an incredible return on investment, right? Today, as we talk about a life of generosity, here's the goal, to get you thinking about the eternal reward of investment that you and I make, to live every day with eternity in mind. One day, we're going to stand before the Lord What is it? What, what do you want to be known for? Look, Matthew chapter 6, verse 19 says this, Do not store up for yourself treasures on earth where moth moth, and de- uh, rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but store up your, for yourselves treasures in heaven where moths and rust do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. How do we do that? How do we live our life knowing that a test is coming? It's simple. And here's the answer. Be intentional. Live your life being intentional. I- I'm going to... Um, it's you. It's us in this room that you may not know somebody in this room this morning. It's like, you know what? I'm going to be intentional. I'm going to go introduce somebody. It may be their first time here, and I just want them to feel welcomed and at home, so I'm going to be intentional. It's, it's being intentional that you're going to speak words of encouragement to somebody's life today. I was kicking myself last night, um, uh, Robin and I went to our favorite place, Walmart, and uh, and uh, we were uh, we were getting ready to check out, and I was like, hey, I needed, you know, I was buying something for my mom, and I'm the, I'm a, the signer on her account, and so I was going to write a check, and uh, I asked the lady um, that was working the, the, the checkout area, the self-checkout area, I was like, hey, I need to write a check, can you help me? And she, she made, you know, she said, I can't help you because of X, Y, and Z. And, and I just like was like, Pfft. I didn't do that, but I thought it. And I walked away, and it was like the Holy Spirit said, man, dude, you just wasted an opportunity to invest in her and speak life to her and to encourage her. And you just got snarky. And I was like, ah, oh, stink. Have you ever been there? Don't fold your arms at me. Right? We've all been there. That person that you have been meaning to call, and you, they've come to your mind the, several times this last week, and you just keep forgetting, well, pull out your phone right now, set an alarm, at, call them at 2.30 this afternoon just to say, hey, I was thinking about you. Be, be intentional. Be intentional in inviting someone to church for our life Point family Christmas on the 18th. I mean, invite them next week, but man, be really intentional. Invite them the 18th. I'm going to live my life being intentional. I'm going to be, well, in what way, Steve? Intentional in giving. Again, this isn't just about money, but, but th- let's just talk about being intentional in giving. You can't give what you don't have, right? but you can give what you do have. Some of you, men, you may have incredible voices and, and, and no one knows in this room except maybe a couple of people around you that hear you every Sunday sing and, and Robin doesn't know, but maybe, maybe that's a way that you can be intentional. Man, I'm just gonna go talk to Robin and, and I don't like standing in front of people. Maybe she'll just put me in the closet with a microphone and I'll sing that way. I don't know. Be intentional. Or you play an instrument or you have the gift of encouragement. 2 Corinthians chapter 9 Verse 11 says this, you will be made rich in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion and through us, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. I love that verse. That means your generosity, no matter how it manifests, times, gifts, resources, encouragement, whatever, is helping people get closer to God. God. Tuesday night, we had an incredible living illustration of this that took place in this room. As some of our students went to Pastor Levi, and they had set a goal. Levi talked about it last Sunday for Speed the Light, and they've, they've crushed the, the annual goal. But they're like, hey, we can do a thousand a dollars more, uh, more um, for Speed the Light in the six-week push here. Let's do something. A couple of our students came to Levi, and, and uh, hey, we want to do this. And so they did a, a free-throw shooting thing Tuesday night. And their goal was to, to, I don't know if they set a goal, but the, the goal for the group was $1,000. And they're like, two, two of our students were like, we can do this thing. And so um, they, they crushed it. They like, they, they like crushed some of y'all that donate. You're not having Christmas because they hit so many free throws. And you're like, well, sorry, right? But, I mean, they, they crushed it. They like raised $2,300. Isn't that awesome? Yeah. Why? Why do something like that? The why is this, to help people get closer to God. Pastor Nathaniel every week goes to school and just serves at the school, whether you're here and, and your job is reaching into people's mouth and you're cleaning teeth and stuff, and man, just encourage them while you're doing That's a stressful thing for the patient right just encourage speaking life over people how do you do that you do it by having a plan I want to challenge you to take take the next 34 days that you have remaining in 2022 and develop a plan for 2023 plan on how you're going to live plan on on how you're going to give I mean, Dave Ramsey says this, right? If you don't tell your money where to go, you'll wonder where it went, right? Plan on how you're going to speak into people. At least, my, my prayer is, for myself, is that I would have at least one intentional conversation a week that would involve inviting people uh, to, to relationship with Christ, but also to, to come to church. So I was as I was praying this morning and working through my message, um, just and I looked out into this section, and I thought, if I am faithful to do that, and God honors that, and people are receptive to that, and if I invite someone every week to church next in 2023, and they would all happen to come, I fill up this center role, this center section with my guests. What are you going to do? I don't know if that will happen. That's not up for me to decide. My responsibility is to work what I feel like God has asked me to do. And again, this is more than just about money. I'm not setting you up for something. Oh, he's going to ask for a big offering at the end of service. No, I'm not. Way, way beyond that. But years ago, a guy by the name of Ron Blue wrote a book called Master Your Money. And in that book, he, he says there's five things that you can do with your money. Spend it repay it pay taxes with it save it and give it how many know the majority of people live in that order but here's the problem when we live in that order we spend it that's me first when we repay it that's creditor second And and we have to pay taxes, so government's third. I mean, that's just part of it. We save it, that's me fourth. If we give it, that's others last. And God has called us to live a better way. You can't and, and don't want to live this way. But we end up living that way if we don't have a plan. The plan I recommend involves just three buckets I mean, we have to pay taxes. The, you know, that's just part of it. Um, but the three-bucket plan, so I want to give you permission to kick the bucket, all right? Or some buckets. The three-bucket plan is, God, give to God your time, your talents, your treasures. Give to the need of people. Save. I was reading an article that, Came in the mail a week or so ago, and it was just talking about how people during the pandemic were saving in, in, in a way that had not been seen um, in, a, in decades in our nation. And, I mean, incredible levels. And now, since that, the pandemic has lifted, and, and, um, and uh, people now are like spending or they're not saving, it's like has dropped below the levels of pre-pandemic saving levels, which is never good, right? Save and then spend. Spend would be, spending includes obviously just your living expenses and your needs and, and if you can't go to, to Jamaica, you don't go to Jamaica, right? God is... For you having a plan, the Holy Spirit inspired the Apostle Paul to write this in 1 Corinthians chapter 16. On the first day of every week, each one of you should be able to set uh, each, each one of you should set aside a sum of money in keeping with his income, saving it up so that when I come, no collection will will have to be made. I love it. The theme of 2022 for our church was um, stretch out. It came from Acts chapter four, verse thirty, the early church is praying, oh God, that you would stretch out your hand and you would move in mighty ways, right and we've been praying that all through this year, and we've seen God stretch out his hand and do some incredible things from from salvation to incredible generosity to healings, to uh, people filled with the Holy Spirit to just so many incredible things. one of those one of those uh, things that uh, one of those areas that was I was convicted about um, at the beginning of the year, really at the end of 2021? Was just we talk about prayer. We have times of prayer, but to but to go really more intentional in, in in the prayer life of our church. So we did 21 days of prayer and fasting at the beginning of the year. But then in August we did it again, and then as well we've had two times uh, a week uh, Tuesday at 6 a.m. There's a prayer gathering. Tuesday at 1 a.m. or 1 a.m., 1 p.m., excuse me, um, there's a prayer time that happens with the ladies. Then we have our monthly prayer gatherings as well. And so you th- see those things elevating, which is awesome. God's stretching us. Our mission's giving. So listen to this. From the, rec- the records that I have, um, 2022 was the greatest missions-giving year in the life of LifePoint Church from the records that I have that go take us back to 2008-ish. And, and um, I mean, all across the board. From you, you all in here and your generosity and your our, our monthly mission support, the, the students have crushed their speed of light. I mean, like crushed it. The BGMC with the kids have crushed it. And so, I mean, best ever, which is awesome. You, you know, we, God stretched us we, crazy generosity and paying off our mortgages. We've seen people baptized in the Holy Spirit. I mean, in salvations, all these things. But they all happen because of a plan. So I want to encourage you, do an act of kindness for someone today before you leave this place. Let me ask you, what's your plan? To do something like that. Well, I don't know. Well, then it's not gonna happen. But if I'm like, well, I know I gotta to go to Walmart, and so I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do something, I'm gonna speak over somebody at Walmart I don't know pray for somebody I don't whatever but have a plan let's emulate the generous generosity of our God to one another and to our world amen two more quick thoughts don't just intentionally give but intentionally serve plan to serve don't hope to first Timothy chapter 6 verse 18 tell them to use their money to do good They should be rich in good works and should give happily to those in need, always ready to share with others whatever God has given them. By doing this, they may be storing up uh, real treasures for themselves in heaven. It It is the only safe investment for eternity. Be intentional. Number three, intentionally share Christ. Again, our gravitational pull is towards selfishness. I had mentioned a few minutes ago um, for this coming year. It's always a goal of mine, but I'm, this coming year, I, I just really want to be intentional, to have one intentional conversations per week with an invite. Um, And we have, I have opportunity, we have opportunity to, to start that. But James chapter 5, here in the, in the coming weeks, right, with Christmas stuff going on. But James chapter 5, verse 19. My dear brothers and sisters, if someone among you wanders away from the truth and is brought back, you can be sure that whoever brings the sinner back from wandering will save that person from death and bring about the forgiveness of many sins. Luke chapter 15, verse 10, the message paraphrase says this count on it that's the kind of party party god's angels throw every time one lost soul turns to god um you will never miss what you invest in eternity i will never miss what i invest in eternity But you will miss what you waste, right? Or what you give to your crazy uncle, maybe. But not what you invest in eternity. You'll never regret that. Even when you don't see a, a reward in the here and now, or, or something unfold before your life in the here and now, you know... That, that according to the, 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 some of the verses that we looked at today, God sees your work. He sees your investment, and He will bring a reward for that. What it is, I don't know, you leave it up to Him. He'll be fair. He'll be just. And you don't do it, so someday I get that, you do it to bring Him glory and unto Him. Amen? That's the motive check of our heart through all of this. It's not about what I do or what I get. It's about, God, I just want to bring you glory, and I want you to use, and I want you to have access to everything that I possess, my time, my talents, my treasures, my relationships, and I want them to bring you glory, and I want them to be used to advance your kingdom because heaven is real and eternity is long, and I want people to be with And then would you bow your heads with me? Worship team, if you'd come. So two questions to ponder as we wrap this up this morning. First question. What did you do with my son? With your heads bowed and you pondering that question, maybe... You've ignored that question for a long time. Perhaps you have a church background and, and you, know, you know the answer to eternal life is Jesus. But you look at the model of your life, you look at the course of your life, and you know that you've not done anything with Jesus You've not asked him to be the Lord and Savior of your life. You've not asked him to forgive you of your sins that have separated you from him. You have put your hope in your books, as we mentioned from Re- Revelation, into your works and being right in right standing with God instead of into what he did, his work on the cross and his resurrection. And today, whether you're watching online or you're here in this place, you're like, I want to, answer that first question right. I want to receive Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior this morning. Today, uh, today would be the day of salvation and that all of heaven, as re- Luke 15 talks about, rejoices when someone comes to faith in Christ. Heaven wants to, to, to throw a party because your name gets written in the Lamb's Book of Life. And you're here this morning, you'd say, Steve, would you pray for me? I want want to take that step of faith. I want to come to Christ. Anyone at all? Would you just slip up your hand right where you're at? Thank you, Lord. God, we thank you, Father, for moving in hearts this morning. Hearts in this place and hearts online. God, those that are wrestling with a decision that affects our eternity. How it affects how they answer the second question. God, we thank you for your grace. It's by salvation that we have relationship. It's by faith that we have a relationship with you. It's not in our works, it's in your grace. Our confidence isn't in what we've done, it's in what you did and your grace. And Lord, I pray for all of us. The mystery of your grace as we step into the Christmas season, the demonstration of your grace by sending your Son would just grip us yet again. And gratitude would overwhelm our hearts that the joy of our salvation would be fresh and new to us. And God, for the one that is coming home to faith in you, God, that it would be alive and their next steps would be full of freedom and life in Christ Jesus. And God, for the rest of us, as we look at the second question, what did you do with what I entrusted to you? God, I just pray a prayer of blessing faithfulness over every life represented in this room that's a follower of Jesus God that it would just tickle our heart when we get to do what we get to do tomorrow at work or later on today as we get to encourage someone maybe if that's a step that an intentional step that we are planning to take today God knowing that we're using our time, our talents, our treasures, and our opportunities to bring you glory and to speak life into others. God, we want to make room for you in our day and in all of our ways. God, we pray. Church, would you stand with me? this concludes the teaching. Thank you for listening, and we hope you can join us for next Sunday's service with Pastor Steve Raines.